Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Yeah. Brad Young here on Camel X at your service. Thanks for staying up late with us tonight on a Wednesday, a muggy Wednesday evening. You know, before the break, we were we were talking about James Bond villains, and um, and then uh, and then we I was reading and in, uh, in the top of the hour news, of course, they mentioned that uh, the President Biden met with Vladimir Putin today. Talk about your Bond villain, right? <laughs> Is Vladimir Putin? There's your Bond villain. He is, uh, and this came out a few years ago, but he is more than likely the richest human being on the planet. Not Bezos, not Warren Buffett, nope, not either one of those guys, not Elon Musk, uh, but Vladimir Putin, which, I mean, come on, he's a Bond villain because his first name is Vladimir, okay? For no other reason, if your name is Vladimir you're already in line to be the next Bond villain just by virtue of your name. Plus, you used to head up the KGB, really? And now you're the richest human being on the planet. You're, in essence, the dictator of Russia, and you have nuclear weapons. Of course you're a Bond villain. He fits the profile to a T. Uh, and and I thought it was funny today. I'm sure you saw the story that, that uh, uh, that after the press conference, after the meeting, rather, where where Joe Biden sat down, and I'm sure he was, you know, really tough with Vladimir Putin. They probably he probably offered him to go out in the backyard and have a beer, you know, just like he did when he was vice president. Hey, let's have a beer. It'll be fine. That's probably what he did. But I know Vladimir just drinks pure vodka. I don't see Vladimir Putin kicking back with a Budweiser. You know, I just don't see that. He's going to be drinking either vodka or, you know, something, some elixir that's going to allow him to live to be 300 years old that he developed in the in the basement of some castle-looking place in Moscow. So, but so the reporter, the reporter from CNN, I think her name was Caitlin Collins. So after this press conference, this is CNN. It's not like Fox News or Newsmax. Okay, a CNN who couldn't be any more sympathetic with Joe Biden says something to the effect of is that uh, uh, why was he confident, why was President Biden confident that Russian President Vladimir Putin would change his previously bad behavior? And Biden just snapped and he said, uh, you know, what the heck, except he didn't say heck, what the heck do you do all the time? And so he he lays into her and starts chastising this CNN reporter who probably voted for the guy, okay, and he, she just asked a simple question. He didn't like it. But here's what he said. He said, when did I say I was confident? Let's get this straight. I said what will change their behavior is if the rest of the world reacts to them and diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. I'm just stating a fact. Really, you're not confident of anything. Then why are you meeting with Vladimir Putin if you're not confident of anything? Those are your own words. I want the president to be confident. I want the president to go in and tell Vladimir Putin that if your Russian companies don't stop hacking American companies, there will be consequences. Now, I want to take you back. And I don't remember the year, but I think it was 2017. It may have been 2018, but I think it was 2017. We had a very similar type of computer hacking issues going on, and it was all tied back to Russia. 
And if you remember, uh, I don't know if it was President Trump or just someone in his administration, let it leak, let it leak, intentional leak, that if these attacks didn't stop, then what we were going to do was that the CIA and the NSA was going to release the bank account numbers of Vladimir Putin's holdings and also divulge and disclose Vladimir Putin's net worth to the world, publicly to the world, including people in Russia who would read just how many billions of dollars Vladimir Putin has stolen from the Russian people. Guess what happened? What? It was amazing. All of a sudden, those computer hacks, they started to diminish. There weren't any big computer hacks for a while. There wasn't as many ransomware. And then as soon as Trump leaves office, these things start up again. Why is that? Because if you the only way to tackle a bully is to confront a bully. We know that. You learned that in grade school, didn't you? You don't confront a bully by asking him, would you please stop doing this? That's not going to do anything. It's not going to accomplish anything. It didn't accomplish anything in grade school, and it's not going to accomplish anything in Geneva. And yet that apparently, apparently, it was President Biden's approach because, as he said, using his own words, I'm not confident of anything. Instead of, he should have gone in there and say, listen, this has got to stop. We know that Russia is behind it. And if it doesn't stop, we're going to disclose to the world your net worth. We're going to disclose to the world the bank account numbers and where they're held. And then you can explain to the Russian people how you amassed a fortune in excess of $250 billion. You explain it. When you've been making a government salary of, you know, 50 rubles a month for the last 20 years, and all of a sudden you're worth $200 billion, how did that happen? How did that happen? Plus, you went through a divorce, so we all know what that should do to your net worth. But no, it apparently didn't affect Vladimir Putin. So that's the approach that should have been taken. And unfortunately, it was not. Hey, I've got a question for you. How are the death of Marilyn Monroe, or how is the death of Marilyn Monroe and the assassination of John F. Kennedy both connected to Bobby Kennedy? I didn't know there was a connection to Bobby Kennedy until I read this new book by Mark Shaw And we're going to talk to Mark Shaw after this break. He is the author of the explosive new book called Collateral Damage, and he's going to break it down for us right here on X. after this. You do not want to miss this interview. We'll be right back. Welcome back to At Your Service on X. Brad Young in with you this evening. Think about this. Three of the most important celebrity deaths in the last 100 years. Marilyn Monroe, John F. Kennedy, and investigative reporter Dorothy Kilgallen. All in a time span of just a few years in the early 1960s. But the question is, how are they related? How are they connected? So joining us this evening is author, attorney, and investigative reporter and journalist Mark Shaw, author of the explosive new book, Collateral Damage, the Mysterious Deaths of Marilyn Monroe, of Dorothy Kilgallen, and the Ties That Bind Them to Robert Kennedy and the JFK Assassination. Mark Shaw, welcome to KMOX Radio. Well, thanks so much. I saw where you're a legal analyst, so I better be careful what I'm saying tonight. <laughs> oh, please, listen. The best part is I'm not going to charge you, okay? Um, there's no hourly fee involved here, Mark. It's just you okay, and good. I chatting, so just relax. Oh, 
Hey, be- <laughs> before you. before we uh, get into all of this, I mean, everyone has heard something about the deaths of Marilyn Monroe and, of course, John F. Kennedy, but but Dorothy Kilgallen is is not as well known. Give us a short background of who Dorothy Kilgallen was. Well, I didn't know much about her, uh, Brad, until a few years ago uh, when I started to look into the JFK assassination and uh, found out that, you know, Dorothy was this celebrated journalist uh, on the East Coast there in New York. Uh, at one point, she climbed from being a college dropout to being what the New York Post called the most powerful female voice in America. And the reason she was, she had a uh, a column in the New York Journal American that was syndicated to 200 newspapers across the country. Wow. Uh, she had a radio show listened to by about a million people a day. Uh, she was a star on the What's My Line uh, television show where they guessed people's unusual occupations on CBS. And then she covered many of the major trials of the 20th century, the Lindbergh baby kidnapping case, the Dr. Sam Shepard case, which became the movie The Fugitive. And, of course, what I was interested in, she was at the Jack Ruby trial, in 1964, and was the only reporter to have interviewed Jack Ruby during that trial. Mm. Well, how did she get pulled into this? I'm going to go through some of the other people individually, but just talking about Dorothy Kilgallen for a moment, and then we'll move on to Marilyn Monroe and John F. Kennedy, and then we're going to talk about the connection to Bobby Kennedy. But just so we can kind of set the table for folks who may not know Dorothy Kilgallen that well, what was it that she was doing in the 60s that tied her into this investigation of the assassination Mm -hmm. of John F. Kennedy? Well, she and John F. Kennedy, uh, I've proven both in the uh, in this new book and the bestseller, The Reporter Who Knew Too Much, about Dorothy. She and John Kennedy were very good friends. Uh, he had come to her house to play games there when he was a senator. But the big thing was, Brad, he, 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 when she went to the White House uh, with her young son, Carrie, he made a big fuss over Carrie, gave him a PT-109 pin and all of that, and Dorothy never forgot that. And so when he was assassinated, her investigative instincts took over because when she watched Jack Ruby shoot Lee Harvey Oswald, she knew something was wrong. And in the book, I have at least eight or nine columns that she wrote when she was in Dallas. The first one, Oswald File Must Not Alone. She uh, had the Ruby stars at the trial, a, a portrayal of Ruby. And she kept writing all those columns at the time. Uh, basically pointing uh, toward, uh, you know, obviously her theory as to what had happened to JFK. And and we know that she, after she talked to Ruby, then she headed for New Orleans, and that connected her in with this Carlos Marcello, who was a mafia don there. And as I've proven in the books, uh, you know, he had the greatest motive to have killed JFK to render Bobby Kennedy powerless because Bobby Kennedy, as attorney general, had come after him and the other mafia at the time, even though Joe Kennedy had promised them that if they helped win the 1960 election, which they did, they would leave them alone. So I look at that, and Dorothy did as well, why Bobby Kennedy wasn't killed in 1963 instead of why JFK was. And that really opens up everything, not only into the JFK assassination, but Dorothy's mysterious death in 1965, just before she was finishing a book for Random House, where she would have exposed those she believed were involved in the JFK assassination. We're talking to Mark Shaw. He's the author of the explosive new book, Collateral Damage. Uh, and I've read almost all of the book, Mark, and it is, it's, it's, it's a page turner. It truly is. Oh, and and there's a lot of things in there I'd like to get into, but we don't have four hours to do that. So, uh, sure. so but but I, I do want to get to the highlights, and that is that 
Dorothy Kilgallen, she was actually, you, you mentioned these columns that she was writing, and, and I know you yeah. point out in your book that she even talked to Jack Ruby during the trial, right. during at yeah. the defense the table, during a, during a recess in the murder right. trial. But she right. actually had a lot of, as you document in your book, she was very skeptical of the conclusions of the Warren Commission's report, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, she called it laughable. She was never called as a witness. Uh, I, I exposed the, the uh, Ruby trial transcripts in uh, another book that I'd written, Denial of Justice, and she sat there and listened as, as uh, you know, uh, this one witness said he heard Jack Ruby, you know, overheard Jack Ruby saying, I'm going to be there when Oswald is transferred, and the cops will help me get in the basement, and I'm going to play like a reporter. You know, she had all the goods in terms of the JFK assassination. And uh, after she left New Orleans and went back to uh, New York just before she died, she said, if the wrong people knew what I know about the JFK assassination, it would cost me my life. And she was dead under very uh, mysterious uh, circumstances about a week later. Uh, they said that she died of an overdose of drugs, but I, I've proved uh, through forensics and everything else that she was murdered. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. And again, we're talking to Mark Shaw about his book, Collateral Damage, because let's let's set that aside for just a moment. But you also mm-hmm. chronicle evidence, and then I'm going to tie it together here in just a moment. But you chronicle a lot of evidence in your book, Collateral Damage, demonstrating, I, I believe, your hypothesis that Marilyn Monroe did not commit suicide as it was uh, right. you know, publicly discussed around the time mm-hmm. in the 60s. Instead, she was murdered. What kind of evidence yeah. is in your book that points to that? Well, thank you, Brad. Uh, this is kind of my contribution to history. It's a long book. Uh, I, I basically believe that I've, I've resolved three of the great uh, uh, true crime murder mysteries of the 20th century. And I was able to do that because, actually, I looked into the JFK assassination first, and then Dorothy Kilgallen's death, and then Marilyn Monroe's, when you would ordinarily have looked into Marilyn's first because she was died, died before the other two. But when I did that and I found Dorothy Kilgallen, you know, I was always skeptical of Marilyn Monroe uh, committing suicide, and right away I found this connection between Dorothy and Marilyn where uh, Dorothy had written about how, how happy wa- uh, Marilyn was right before she died. I found a, you know, a lot of uh, evidence that uh, she certainly wasn't suicidal, and so that made me go look, as I think you would as an attorney, at the, at the autopsy. It was very botched in terms of exactly what happened to Marilyn. They first said it was an overdose, then they called it probable suicide. And then that really made me uh, decide to do what I think Dorothy would have done. She was investigating Marilyn's death, too. And that was look, looking to see if, uh, if Marilyn was murdered, what was the motive, and who was in her life. And so that led me to a column Dorothy wrote where she talked about the new man in, uh, in uh, Marilyn's uh, life and uh, said it was a bigger name than Joe DiMaggio, the baseball player who Marilyn had been married to. So I first went in the direction of Jack Kennedy. Because many people remember that will remember that they had a brief love affair uh, after uh, Marilyn sang Happy Birthday to mm-hmm. JFK at the at Madison Square Garden, but that was just brief. And then I landed on Bobby Kennedy, and I was able to find first of all, uh, you know, I only use documents and and uh, and you know. Uh, eyewitnesses and things like that, and I was able to find letter. a letter from yes. uh, from Jack Kennedy's uh, sister, Jean Kennedy Smith, that said, I understand you and Bobby are the new item. When he comes east, please come with us. I found a CIA document that talked about the torrid love affair that Bobby had had with Marilyn in uh, the, the summer of 62, and that he had, had actually told Marilyn he was going to divorce Ethel Kennedy and marry her. And then just like Jack Kennedy, who had dumped Dorothy, or dumped uh, Marilyn, uh, Bobby Kennedy did as well. 
And then she got all upset with regard to feeling like she was being passed around like a piece of meat. She said, I'm going to the media with my love affairs about you two and also some national security secrets that you gave to me. And, of course, Bobby Kennedy, who, who I found, who I was able to prove was in Los Angeles on the day she died, couldn't let her do that. And so while Dorothy Kilgallen was the reporter who knew too much, uh, Marilyn Monroe was the actress that who t- knew too much. And I've shown in the book a probable, uh, a probable means by which she was poisoned uh, with barbiturates and died on August 4th, 1962. We're talking to Mark Shaw, author of the book Collateral Damage. And, and uh, you don't need to watch House of Cards to, to get this level of drama, you can find the same level of intrigue and mayhem and crime in real life, and it's chronicled. Mark Shaw lays it out for you in Collateral Damage. And this is the part, Mark, where you really got my attention. Because even tonight, you've been talking about this uh, Dorothy Kilgallen and how she was killed, and Marilyn Monroe and how she was killed, and you talked a little bit about John F. Kennedy and how he was killed, but but we're going to start to bring this together now for the for the audience because they need to get the book to see your just overwhelming amount of evidence. But this is what I thought was fascinating. What are the uh-huh. similarities between Dorothy Kilgallen's questionable suicide and Marilyn Monroe's questionable suicide? Yeah, you, and what you, what you find is that uh, in both situations, uh, you know, maybe, maybe people think to themselves, why do we care about this? You know, it happened 60 years ago. But uh, each of the three was a victim of a crime. They have rights. Uh, each of the three was denied justice. Uh, uh, JFK, for instance, you can say the Warren Commission was laughable. Well, yes, it was. He was denied justice in terms of people figuring out what happened to him. With Dorothy and Marilyn, same thing. When Dorothy died under mysterious circumstances with a staged death scene and all of that, as I've proven in the book, no investigation of any kind of her death. Basically, case was closed. Same thing with Marilyn. Uh, another staged death scene. Uh, you know, Dorothy questioned uh, the death scene. Uh, why was Marilyn found uh, with a light on in her bedroom? She slept in the dark. Why was she found in the nude? She never slept that way. Why, if she ingested supposedly 40 to 50 pills, uh, to commit suicide, that couldn't have happened within with this within this uh, time frame that she found. So uh, basically, then when Marilyn died, instead of there being a full investigation, and this is what's really upset an awful lot of people who've who've bought the book, because Marilyn deserved better. But what they did is they never really investigated at all. Bobby Kennedy's good friend, the police chief of uh, Los Angeles, uh, didn't look into the the facts of the case. He appointed three psychiatrists to uh, provide an opinion of Marilyn's um, mental state before she died, and predictably they came back with the fact that she was suicidal, and then it it got in the newspapers and basically said Marilyn killed herself. Uh, Marilyn committed suicide. And so both Marilyn and Dorothy's reputations uh, when they died were clouded and have been until I believe my books have have really uh, tried at least to to be the voices for them and to get justice for them now because neither one of them, uh, Dorothy did not uh, overdose overdose, and Marilyn did not commit suicide. And I'm hoping that we'll get reinvestigations of their deaths. I've Mm -hmm. asked the LADA to do that. And I actually have the NYPD uh, cold case squad now looking into Dorothy Kilgallen's death. That, that is fantastic. And just like an attorney, because I, I know you're an attorney, but just like you would if this were a trial, the way you pull all this together in your book is not only fascinating, but it's compelling. Uh, because you, oh, as, you, as, I was reading, you. as I was reading this, I was thinking, w- why has it taken 60 years for this to come out? You know, why is that? Mm-hmm. Because this is just, it, it's, it's eye-opening. It's an epiphany. 
And so the, see, the, see if you agree with this, because uh, I'd be interested in your opinion. The other day, uh, I was on another uh, interview show, and, and the same question was brought up. And uh, this gentleman, who's a, a very noted historian and uh, New York Times best-selling author, said, "Well, you know, Mark, back in the 1960s, uh, people just just wanted to, you know, move on with life. Uh, it was a very tragic per, uh, period of time in our lives. But the 1960s were kind of freewheeling and everything. And so these these three people died, and then then uh, John uh, Robert Kennedy died, and and so it, people just wanted quick solutions to what happened, and let's move on. Uh, what do you think of that?" explanation. Well, that tied with the, the, the tumultuous nature of the 60s. I mean, every day was filled with news of Vietnam and there were problems yeah, with, with Nixon yeah. and there were I mean, and then you had the race riots and then you had and there was crisis after crisis after crisis. And then at some point, I think the public has a has an attention span of a gnat. Mm-hmm. And when they get mm-hmm. faced with all these other crises, they forget about the ones that are really impactful because you make this point, And I want to give you an opportunity to, to make your own point, because folks need to get this book, Collateral Damage, to see the evidence. But you make the the, I think, explosive conclusion that that it was it, were it not for Bobby Kennedy, there wouldn't have been a JFK assassination. We wouldn't have had Marilyn Monroe murdered, or we wouldn't have had Dorothy Kilgallen murdered because of Bobby Kennedy. Lay out that case for us here. Well, it, it, I'm going to go slow with it because it takes a little bit of time to kind of figure out what it was. But if Bobby Kennedy would have been prosecuted for the uh, his complicity in Marilyn Monroe's death in 1962 based on the compelling evidence uh, you know that I have in the book, and and it was available at the time. Then he would have been uh, had to resign as attorney general, and he would have been powerless. So what does that do? Well, then it doesn't cause uh, Marcello and his his mafia friends to have to kill JFK because in '63 because Bobby was already powerless. So there would have been no JFK assassination in '63, and then you stretch that out to the fact that Mer- uh, Dorothy Kilgallen would have not have been killed two years later in 1965 because there would have been no JFK assassination for her to investigate. So basically, uh, what I've proposed in the book is that the collateral damage of Bobby Kennedy's abuse of power in 1961 and 62 uh, actually caused the, th- the death of these three individuals. Wow. And, and, and again, the way you've just stated that conclusion, but your the evidence in your book is just is overwhelmingly compelling and uh, and I would certainly encourage folks to pick up your book uh, Collateral Damage by Mark Shaw. Uh Mark, I assume this book is available everywhere like uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, bookstores all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I encourage people to go to independent bookstores if they want to know more about the book, they can go to my website markshawbooks.com or Amazon or anywhere else. But I also like to give out my uh my email and it's sure. m shaw I N at Yahoo because I hear from people all over the world. In fact, uh, I get tips from people. There may be some that will be listening to your show who know something about Marilyn's death or JFK or Dorothy or whatever. And I answer every single email I get because uh, many of the facts and conclusions that are in my book and this particular one, Collateral Damage, came from people that were listening to my interviews and presentations. There's almost two million views of those interviews and presentations up on YouTube. And so people watch those or listen to shows like yours. And that's why I'm so appreciative of you having me on the show, Brad, because I'll bet you I'll hear from some people and I'll certainly let you know. I certainly hope so, because it, it would be well-deserved if folks reached out to you. Mark Shaw, author of Collateral Damage. Hey, thanks for joining us this evening on Camo X. 
Thank you so much. Much appreciated. What do you think? Mark Shaw raises some amazing uh, uh, possibilities that, number one, Marilyn Monroe was murdered. I think that's most people probably agree that there's some truth to that. Uh, but that JFK, his, his assassination was intimately tied to Bobby Kennedy and tied to the mob connections in New Orleans. What do you think? 314-436-7900. Phone lines are open. Send us a text. This is a fascinating topic for me. I know it's a fascinating topic for you. Brad Young at your service on X. We'll be right back. Talk about your stranglehold. Uh, the JFK assassination. What? What a thing to discuss on a muggy Wednesday evening. And it, it would make this book, it would make the perfect Father's Day present, Collateral Damage by, by Mark Shaw. And it would, again, make a fantastic Father's Day present. Hey, well, let's go to the phones. Kim, what's on your mind this evening? Hey, Kim, listen to me, not the radio. Okay. Um, actually, this, the book sounds really, really intriguing. Um, I'm visually impaired, and, and I'm just wondering if the book uh, is out on audio as well as the, the print. Yes, it is. In fact, I confirmed today that it's available from audible.com, and it's probably available. I, can't, I didn't confirm this, but uh, most audiobooks are also available through uh, the St. Louis County and the St. Louis City Public Library. You can download. I've got the app on my phone where I download and listen to audiobooks through the library when I'm on the treadmill in the morning. So you can do that for free. doesn't cost anything. And that's through oh, both the wonderful. St. Louis yeah, City. I'm going to have to check that book out because I, I can't read the, sure. the printed page and just have to depend on listening to what uh, what's going on, on on a book. Well, the St. Louis County app is called Libby, L-I-B-B-Y. I don't know what the app is for the city, but I know there is one for the city library. But the county library is called Libby. And uh, you can download that on your iPhone or on your Android device and uh, listen to audiobooks for free. They're always not on demand. Sometimes you have to wait a little bit of time, but uh, you can ultimately get that book, Collateral Damage, on an audiobook. And I know it's available through audible.com. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to have to have this book downloaded. I, I am into, like, history, and, and I, just, I just love that, that, um, that part. Good. Everybody, everybody thinks I'm crazy for saying that, but I've always been into history. Oh, it is. Well, history is fascinating, especially when you've got something like this, which, which reads like fiction, but it's 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 real. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I can't verify that all of Mark Shaw's conclusions are correct. He makes compelling arguments. He's got a lot of evidence, but this isn't a work of fiction. Even if he might be missing something here or there, uh, which I'm not saying he is. I don't know, but. My point being is, is that book reads like fiction, even though it's based on historical fact. It's it's truly fascinating. Oh yeah. Well, like I said, um, I'm going to get it and download it. And thank you for your service. Very it was good. Enjoying, uh, enjoyable listening to him talk about the book. Excellent. Hey Kim, thanks for calling in this evening on Camo X. Appreciate that. Hey, when we come back from this break, I'm going to talk a little bit about this book in more detail just because I love the subject matter. And uh, what's on your mind? What do you think about John F. Kennedy? What happened? Was Marilyn Monroe murdered? And does it all tie back to Bobby Kennedy and his mob connections? What do you think? 
436-7900. Call or text here on At Your Service on KMOX. Hey, Brad Young in with you this evening here on At Your Service. And uh, it looks like we're talking about a topic that you are interested in. Hey, Steve, welcome to KMOX. Yes, sir. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. I uh, I am 76 years old, and November 22nd, 63, sticks out like it happened yesterday. But I want to talk about John Kennedy and some other things. Okay. There was a book, there was a book written out. Uh, it's called Me and Lee, written by Mary Vary Baker, who was Lee Harvey Oswald's girlfriend. They met in a post office line, and they struck up a conversation. Mary was, uh, I think, in the eighth grade then, and she's a young Catholic girl, very interested in chemistry and biology, and her grandmother died from breast cancer, and she was determined to help find a cure for cancer. Well, she ran into this group of doctors, and... They were developing a cancer vaccine for someone to deliver to Castro, to inject into Castro. Lee Harvey Oswald was the man to do it. Now, Mm -hmm. going forward quite a bit, uh, when Jack Ruby killed Oswald, is because he knew too much. And she in the book also proved more or less Lee Harvey Oswald did not kill Jack Kennedy. She pointed a finger. It's been so long since I read the book. It's somewhere in my house, but... She pointed to Lyndon B. Johnson, who I hope is part of my French is burning in hell because of the escalation of Vietnam. And she, she's now, she moved to Turkey after all this happened, but she more or less said, she pointed to Johnson. And also, Marilyn Monroe was killed by a lethal laxative injection to her rear end by her psychiatrist because hmm. she knew too much because she, she was sleeping with Jack and Bobby. Yep. Well, that's essentially the assertion that Mark Shaw is making in his book, Collateral Damage. So you've got some collateral evidence here on that point. Yes, Steve. and also, I'd love the interview with Mark. I'm going to get his, I'm going to order it tomorrow. It's a fascinating book, but well, also I want to tell too. you. Go to his website, send him an e- email, and tell him you heard him on Camo X. Now, do you know how Jack Ruby died? Uh, he died of pneumonia in 1967, as I recall. He died from cancer. And guess where the, he got the cancer? Oh, you're, you're he got that it from the back. Yeah, could be. Hey, that he is got it from fascinating. Well, it's it's just her name is. People that listen to this conversation they ought to pick up that book. It is such intimate detail. You know, when you read a book. Hey, Steve. And hang sometimes, on just a second, Steve. We got a bunch of calls. I'm going to have to let you go. Okay. Okay. But just hey, all right. That's all I know. Thanks Thank for you, calling sir. in, my friend. Appreciate it. Hey, Randy. Welcome to Camo X. Thank you. What's yeah, on your my mind? question is: um, mm-hmm. He was talking about um, you know Bobby um, being um, uh, the main one with the mafia um, going after. Well, why was it Bobby then murdered instead of JFK? Well, he actually raises that point. Mark Shaw does in the book that that really it should have been the the, the mafia should have been going after Bobby Kennedy uh, instead of John F. Kennedy. But I don't recall there being any specific answers to that. But you do raise a very good point about. If all of these conspiracy theories are true, it seems like the easiest part would have been to take out Bobby rather than JFK. Yeah, that was just my question. I didn't know Good what question. theory he came to prove that. That's an excellent question, Randy. And uh, next time I exchange some emails with Mark Shaw, 
I am going to raise that question. Or better still, so you can send him an email. Go to his website and send him an email. I know that he would love to hear from you. Hey, Randy, I'm going to have to let you go, my friend. Thanks for calling okay, in this thank evening. You. Thank you. Bill, welcome to Camo X. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was a young man in my 20s when JFK was killed. And not at, long after that, Lyndon Johnson uh, put together the Warren Commission to examine that. And shortly after that, a book by Mark Lane came out mm-hmm. called Rush to Judgment. The bottom line is, is that for years after JFK's assassination, there were numerous, numerous uh, theories about what it was all about. But the thing that's interesting to me is that Lyndon Johnson uh, ordered the Warren Commission reports and other studies Uh, sealed for 75 years because he did not want any of those findings released to the public for whatever reason, but it must have been pretty provocative. And to this day, uh, you've got lots of theories, but not a whole lot of proof. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, Bill, it's a pleasure to hear your point of view, my friend. Thanks for listening to X. Thank you. You know, another interesting book is, and and when I say this, you're going to say, really? Stephen King wrote a book. Yes, that's Stephen King. He wrote a book called 11-22-63. And, of course, it's Stephen King, so it involves some time travel. It involves all kinds of weird things. But, in essence, the plot of that book is a, is a, uh, a guy goes from present day back in the past, and, he has to, and, his, and his job in going in the past is to stop the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Because he thinks that the assassination of John F. Kennedy led to the race wars, led to the Vietnam War, led to the Cold War, led to all of the, led to Nixon, led to all the things that he, at least from uh, Stephen King's perspective, was bad with the world if he could only stop the Kennedy assassination. So the fascinating part of this book is it really places you in the 1960s. And all of the details that are in all of these various books about how Kennedy was assassinated, you really feel like you're living through that. And maybe you really did live through that particular point in time. That was before I was born. But maybe you did. But if you haven't lived through that time and you want to, to get a perspective from Stephen King that is absolutely compelling, check out 112263 by Stephen King. I promise you. You'll enjoy every minute of it. Just like you're enjoying this show here tonight on Camo X, Brad Young at your service. We'll be back after the break.